From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 210. Today's show is brought to you by the ever-lovely Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley. I quite clearly have the conference flu, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Man, that's the worst, isn't it? That I had that yeah. from Atlanta. I it, remember. It does not go away, like, no. weeks. Like, you start feeling better after a few days, but, like, the actual crud part, it just takes forever. But it was worth it, right? I mean, that's yep. that's it's the price you pay for awesomeness. Yeah, I mean, look, there are people... I know, like, Federico's in a much worse state than me. Uh, mm. I've, I've mainly just a bit... Just a bit stuffed up, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just apologize for how I sound this week. That's all right. That's all right. It was worth it so we can... Uh, you can uh, regale us with all the wonderful tales of WWDC. I at least want to hear, you know, just a, a little little tidbit about it. You know, did you have fun? Did you get to meet a bunch of people? You know, how the live recording went because uh, y'all y'all did a, a relay con that I could not attend this year um, for the for WWC and WWDC. And I want to know how it went. Well, you'll always hold the mantle for the first ever relay con. <laughs> you know, the first ever relay con was the pen show. That's right. Pen addicts rule. Pen addicts pen, number one. Pen addicts forever. Um, it was. The actual RelayCon uh, WWDC event was fantastic. Um, it went off without a hitch. We had some good surprises. Uh, we did, uh, if you're interested, if you know of these shows, we did a live robot or not, which on Syracuse, which was a surprise. Oh, um, nice. And CGP Grey joined us, uh, my co-host on Cortex, which was a big surprise because Grey doesn't, doesn't tend to do in-person appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was uh, I was able to convince him to come to WWDC and be a part of RelayCon with me. Um, so what what show was that on? So this is all in Connected. So all I'm going to put a link so. in the show notes to uh, episode 95 of Connected, which gotcha. was RelayCon WWDC. Gotcha. So it all just rolls up in there. Yeah, it's all in there. So it's a bit of Connected. Then uh, Jason joins me from Upgrade, Serenity Caldwell, Vimor joins us. We talk about some stuff and... Then we have Cortex, a kind of a mini Cortex at the end. It, yeah, it's, it was a very different episode. It was full of stuff. I can't believe it was just over an hour long. It felt like I was there for my entire life. Uh, <laughs> but that's just the way that these things go. When I'm on stage, I always feel like it's twice the length that it ends up being, which is why I need a good timer application or something. To keep yeah, well, that's that's the stress of setting it up, too. Yep. Like we, that When you get on stage and once you start, that's the easiest part. It's the it's the lead up that's, I think, it's the most the, the toughest part. Yep. Yeah, well, good. I'm I'm glad you have fun. And, and were there some some pen addicts out there? I know that they were they, they were, were. Uh, texting me, tweeting me, sending me pictures. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. Yeah, fun to I, see all that stuff. I was happy to see that. I received the special delivery. Yeah, so I had a couple of things that uh, listeners had sent to me to give to you, and I thought, well, I, uh, our good friends uh, Stacy and Baron from Atlanta were, yep. were heading out that way, so I made a handoff, handoff to them, so they uh, hand-delivered. Uh, what, did you, what did you get? So one thing, it was awesome to see them. It was lovely mm-hmm. to see some friendly faces. Um, I was able to, I only really got to talk to them before I recorded, so mm-hmm. I was in a bit of a haze. <laughs> uh, but I took I took the, the the delivery, and so in there was a correctly sized pen addict shirt because <laughs> you had previously given me an extra large. Yep. I don't, don't know what you're trying to say, but fine. No, no. Um, I got the titanium retro fifty one uh, yeah. that we'd spoken about before. Recreational grade titanium. Yep. Who is it? And it's like, Sorry, who I've totally forgotten. Who was it that sent sent that through? Oh, uh, it's a gentleman named Harry. Thank you very much, Harry. I'm using mm-hmm. it today. What a beautiful thing. And I like that my one's a little bit battle worn, you know, and that's I love it more for that. Yeah, exactly. It's scratched up, dinged up, mine's the exact same way. He sent me he don't only told me he was sending you that pen. And then the envelope shows up and he's like, Oh, hey, I found another one and I found what else did you get? This t- a tiny, tiny pocket tornado. How cool is that? Yeah. I, I think I own one of these in silver. Well, they did one with a stylus on the end. They did like a Mr. Yeah. Retro, like with the yes. mustache. Yes. That's not the one you have. The one That's you have, he true. says, the one you have, he said he got it about 20 years ago. So I put the, did I put the letter in there? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. The refill still works inside this one. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. This is a nice little one to add to my collection because it looks so funny. But that that titanium's cool. It's the oh, yeah. uh, it's the big shot shape, so yep. it's that wider barrel. But it's still it's probably lighter than the standard one, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's definitely lighter. It's definitely lighter mm-hmm. than the regular ones. Uh, but the the 
twist mechanism on the end being made out of aluminium makes it a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, so the balance in it is is peculiar, not bad, but just different. Uh, but I do really like it, and the titanium titanium has such a weird feel because mm-hmm. it's a warm metal. Yeah, you know, so it's mm-hmm. a very interesting material to to use. It's very soft feeling, but I like it a lot. But there was something else in the package that I don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. It's a noodles pen. Yes. So uh, our listener named Penelope, who is uh-huh. a wonderful fantastic listener that always is sending in gifts she sent me a bottle of uh, the J herbant emerald of chivore and she said she we talk about these noodlers and their flex nibs and yeah. you know how we've had some trouble with them and she said hey i've got these two she said so she sent me both of them and i was like well i'm sending out this package to mike let me send him one i don't need both of them so um it's just a pen to try it's got the piston filling me- mechanism it's got the steel flex nib. It's just one of those interesting uh, pens that uh, I thought uh, I would like to see what you could what you could do with. You know, I've had one of these in the past in an Ahab, and I just did not like it at all. But that was a few years ago. This is a slightly different and improved model. Um, so this is yeah. So this is the Conrad and the acrylic. I forget which acrylic is yours called. It might be on the box. I don't know if you even have it, but they're really really pretty. Yeah, I. Uh... I've been enjoying playing with this a lot. Oh, so you, have you inked it up and given it a shot? Yeah, like I've, so, I've obviously put Emerald de Chavour in it. Oh, cool. <laughs> right? That's the perfect choice, yes. Because just by looking at it, I could tell that it was a flex nib because the nib looked really weird, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just, it's completely flat and it just has a line that goes all the way down the middle. So yeah. the nib basically splits in half. Yeah, it's got a very long slit up the middle to get that flex in the steel nib. Yep. So I've, I've been playing around with it a bunch, and I kind of like it, you know. And it, yeah. it's It's kind of fun because it's kind of weird, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's very different than uh, any other pens. So you said this is called the Conrad, this one. I believe that's this is the Conrad. I don't have mine in front of me, but I believe this is the Conrad. It's like a 30 or $40 pen, something like that. That's not overly expensive for a flex. Um, they do tend to be fidgety. People do have frustrations uh, with the with the filling system sometimes. Um, but in general, you're not going to get a good flex nib um, for that price. And, um, you know, it's. I think you said it correctly. It's a fun pen to play around with. Like, I wouldn't use this as an everyday type thing, right? Like right. It doesn't right. feel like an everyday pen to me, but uh, it's one that I'm... I don't know. I'm just kind of playing around with it and having some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they you can get them on Pen Chalet. Uh, Pen mm-hmm. Chalet have them. They're like $40, as you say. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is like... I feel like I've had something like this before and just like couldn't wrap my brain around it. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I don't know. I'm kind of having fun with it. Like, I, I feel like I'm pushing it too far sometimes. Like, I hit it. But like, I'm kind of pressing so hard that I end up just making two very thin lines with nothing in the middle. Does that make sure, sense? That's, yeah, that's called railroading. Oh, what a obvious, great name. Obvious reasons, right? Yeah, but I, I'm surprised that, like, the flexiness is working for me and i need a lot of practice with this type of thing because mm-hmm. as we've spoken about before and me and Anna have spoken about this i don't think on the show but we've we've spoken about this being a lefty uh depending on your writing style can be really difficult for flexi stuff and like she was telling me that she basically has when she has learned a different way to write for flexible nibs yeah she basically goes under right for yeah. flex and but had to train herself to do it which is super difficult for me to do yeah I can understand that. But like sideways on and stuff like that, I'm able to get some fun shapes out of it. But basically, yeah. I've just been today just scribbling with it. Mm. Um, and it's been fun to play around with. And plus, I mean, so this is the thing. Like, it's a really cool looking pen. Like, it has that swirly colored acrylic. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like an expensive pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of looks like it's a fancy looking pen and you're getting what you pay for, I think, with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you get some of these, like, you know, if you get something like a Newton pen or an Edison, they have a similar look, but they look expensive. Yeah. You know, but the Newton's right. one don't, but they're not meant to be that. Exactly. Exactly. But so I like it. I love it. I'm, I'm really having fun with it. It was a nice surprise. That's great. I am I am surprised uh, at that. So that's pretty cool. So did you, did you pick up any other stationary stuff? That was that was the end of the, the secret gift pack uh, that you got. Did you grab anything else while you were there? I didn't buy anything other than just some like Apple stuff, but it's not real. 
stationary things, but mm-hmm. I did have a package that came through. Oh. Uh, should I talk about this now? Sure. So Let's me, do it. And, me and Thomas Hall had worked this out that he was going to send me one of his Nakayas, uh, so I could try it out to get a, a feel for the size. Um, so he sent to me, uh, it's a Urushi Piccolo Long Writer. And he was, you know, he basically sent this over to me because he wanted me to get a feel for the size. Uh, and so uh, let me talk about the pen itself. So he told me to treat it like it was my own. Mm-hmm. So he included a cartridge. Uh, I filled it with Fuyugaki. <laughs> <laughs> good move. That's you know, good. That's what I would do, right? That's um, right. The size of the pen feels just right for me. Yes. So I feel very confident in the long writer, the Piccolo long writer now as, as the size for me. That's uh, a good size. It's maybe a little bit longer than some other pens that I have, but like the material that it's made out of and stuff, it's a nice balance. Um, I like it. I like the size of it. And the really interesting thing about this, so the one that I have, it's just orange with a clip on it. Right? It's just plain orange. But there's something about it. Like the material... It's so hard to gauge. Like, it looks like plastic, but it feels different. Like, it feels special and expensive. Does that make yeah, sense? It, yeah. In the hand, Nakai's are, are hard to explain verbally in, until you get the chance to hold one. You First, you're shocked by how light it is. Um, it's a very lightweight pen, even if it, the shape might be large, like in the case of the Piccolo Long. Then... You grab the pen and it feels very firm. Like you feel like if you drop it, it would shatter into 8,000 pieces. But it's actually very solid at the same time. And the most interesting thing I find about it is it is very warm. Like yeah. you were talking about how titanium is a warm metal. Yeah. It's nothing compared to what um, the Arushi over the Ebonite feels like when you write with it. It's like it's like um, those little heat pads almost that you see like if you put your hand fingers down on a on a pad and you like uh-huh. see the colors come through um you can feel like the warmth already and it's just very enjoyable to write with it it melts into your hand when you're writing like you don't notice it yeah and so i i'm very confident in the fact that i think an akaya is a pen that i would enjoy now and I feel like I know the size, but I have a problem with what I was sent from mm-hmm. Thomas. He sent me an elastic fine nib, and this is easily one of the most beautiful nibs I've ever seen. Like I want, I've seen elastic nibs before um, at the pen shows, and and I want one because they're so stunning, right? Because the Nakaya nibs had the little heart in them, which warms mm-hmm. my heart every time I see it. <laughs> the little breather hole on the yeah on the nib. It's just the fact that it's shaped like a heart is like, yes, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. And yep. then the elastic nibs have the big cuts out of the side, right, which makes the nib bouncy. Right. But I just cannot find a way to get this pen to feel comfortable for me. I can see that. The nib With is nib. very scratchy, um, like very scratchy, one of the scratchiest nibs I've ever used. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why, like if it's fine or because it's elastic or because it's something to do with my left-handed style. Like when I try and use this pen normally, like mm-hmm. with my kind of over-hooking upside down, a lot of the time ink just doesn't come out of it. Yeah, I think you're. I think it's probably all the above, but it's mostly the elasticity of it, splitting okay. the time. It's splitting the tines at an angle you can't deliver ink to the page at right there's not um there's not an even um there's not an even angle for the ink to be delivered properly like one tine is probably higher to the right and one right. tine's probably lower to the left so one that's causing a scratchiness too that's causing the ink not to be delivered um but it's mostly because it's elastic and in your writing angle um, if it was a stock fine, you could probably get closer to a good feel from it. Um, and you still may want to go with like a medium. This makes me very sad. <laughs> so like if I slow down and write in a different style, maybe if I hold it on the side, which is not very comfortable for me, it's less mm-hmm. scratchy and the flex is really interesting, like the, the mm-hmm. elasticity. But I guess what this process has shown me is that one, I shouldn't get an elastic nib. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two that I have to go for a medium I pre- think I always would have gone for a medium but I probably would have gone for an elastic nib um, so Thomas has done exactly what he's so good at doing in showing right. me the way but I've got to say this time it's made me very sad 
<laughs> you just wanted to like the elastic nibs because they look cool. They look so amazing, and and yeah. and even using them, like when I could get it to work, it was like, oh man, this is so cool, right? Like the way it like bounces and stuff, right? You know, and you know, I wasn't being um, Thomas like explicitly told me to use it, really use it. Like I was going at this thing, you know, sure, uh, and I was really trying to have fun with it and like pressing it and doing crazy stuff with it, but. Yeah, it just it just wouldn't work for me, and I'm very very sad about it. Well, you should you should be happy. I mean, it's well happy that I haven't wasted the money, right? Right. There's resolution on one part of the the puzzle. One part of the puzzle has been solved. Actually, two parts have been solved. One, the shape and size is great for you. Two, the nib is not. So the puzzle's coming together, Mike. Yep. So I know what I'm looking for now. Um, now I need to just bring myself to the point of ordering it. And I know that there's some. I'm really being pushed to and will buy from Aesthetic Bay. Um, and can well, get that's help the only place. That. Yeah, that's but, the only place you can get that shape. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's one of the reasons being pushed there. But um, so I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna go for it. I don't know. I feel like I know the setup that I'm looking for now. Uh, I'm just hoping now that a medium nib will be will be right for me. Like I'm concerned now, you know. Yeah, I mean, in your um, your pro gear is a medium. Yep, it's going to be very similar to that. Okay. Maybe not quite as firm, but it's. I mean, it's essentially you don't own a platinum, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I have a platinum medium. I could send you, but if you like your sailor medium nib, you will be just fine. Okay, well, my Sailor Medium nib is one of the best nibs I've ever used in my entire life, right? That's the reason right. that I love that pen so much is because the nib is unlike anything I've ever used before. Like, it's so smooth and delivers ink so beautifully. Yeah. That's why I love it, right? The one Nakaya I sold had a stock Medium nib, and it was wonderful. I loved writing with it. What just, is just the, straight up, what straight is up the cheapest Platinum that I could get which would maybe have a similar nib? Is there such a thing? Uh, no, uh, no, because it's the gold nib. You got to get the gold nib, uh, so it's going to be the thirty-seven seventy-six. Um, probably from our good friends at Pen Chalet. They have always have good deals on that pen. It's an awesome. It's a pen worth owning, regardless. It's it's great, and the nib is going to be exactly like it. We get so many people have that pen. We can find one to to get you on loan. Um, or heck, even a Nakaya with a stock medium nib. I just don't happen to have one anymore. I used to. Yeah, I think because I'm I'm not in a position right immediately right now where I want to purchase the Nakaya. So maybe I have a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be soon and I'm willing to. So my feeling about this is I'm willing to to pull the trigger on a medium because Mm -hmm. I could get work done on it. Sure. So uh, people are sending me, including Punky are sending me messages now saying that they will send me one. Yeah, (laughs) it's fine. Like I, I think I'm pretty resolute in what I will go for because I wouldn't want to get a broad. I wouldn't want to get any other kind of crazy nibs. Uh, medium is kind of what I think I would go for anyway. And as I say, I could I can get some work done on it if it doesn't fit me exactly. So now it's just right. a case of buying it. Yep. Which I don't think is an immediate thing. That's cool. going to happen. But it's soon. I know I'm soon. I'm I'm set now. So Thomas, thank you as always for helping me along my path. Uh, it's chief enabler. Yeah. So we have another thing that I forgot to put in the show notes, Mike, and this is, uh, since it's related to Thomas as well, I wanted to go ahead and put it in there. He's been sending us images, um, via Mike Masuyama, who has a friend that's doing, um, I'm going to butcher this. So y'all in the chat room, tell me this. Cause I never get it right. I always want to call it Mackie, but it's Mackie, Mackie work, like the painted work on the, uh, pens. And, in it, at the Atlanta Pen Show, um, Mike was showing off some pictures of his friend that does work. Does uh, He's painted a koi, a uh, snake and a frog, um, rodden and um, different rodden work on um, these pens. I'm going to put these pictures in the show notes because Mike Masayama asked me, told me I sent him a pen to get this done. Um, he's sending off a batch to his friend um, in Japan this week, and he wanted me to mention on the show that if anyone's interested in this work, it's $150. You send a pen, 
uh, preferably a black pen, a large barrel black pen. Like I sent my Pilot Custom Heritage um, 912, which is a large pen. And it turns out Thomas sent the same exact pen. We kind of think alike. Um, and I'm and I'm going to get the Koi finish on it. Um, and it looks amazing. I'm going to put all these photos in the show notes. I'll get that to you, Mike, when we're done. Um, and we can put that photo from Fountain Pen Day. Kerry already has his return because he ordered one in Atlanta with the rod and work on it. Did you see that one, Mike? Yeah, I did. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, these are stunning. Like, I don't think I have a pen that fits the bill to have this work done on. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a black-barreled pen that I love so much that mm-hmm. I would want this work done on, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you do, like, if you own something like a 3776 or something like that, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, so... What you want to do is you want to reach out to Mike Masayama um, via his website, mikeatwork.com. Hit him up on the email, say you're interested, and tell him that you're sending the pen. And he'll coordinate to because he, he wants to ship all these out in a batch. And, you know, this will get you in on that. Um, it's $150. You can choose from one of the four designs. And this is kind of a test run to see. And, um, to see if this is like a viable thing for his friend to do. Uh, his friend lives in Japan, so he wants to send these all at once. And it's just really fascinating work. The price is very, very fair, I feel. Um, I don't own anything like this, and I think it would just be stunning looking. So I'm all about getting that koi done. Um, it looks looks amazing. And um, we'll have some more pictures in the show notes than the uh, Instagram one I just put in, in the chat room. So we'll we'll list them all all in the show notes. You can, uh, if you're interested, you can see what the uh, designs look like. Yeah, we'll do that. So, yeah. yeah, the the one that uh, Carrie from Fountain Pen Day had. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of kind of amazing. Yep. All right. So should we take a break now? Yeah, sure. That sounds a good, good idea. Because I guess if you want to get in on this, you probably want to get yourself a pen to put it on. That's a good call. <laughs> Look and at uh, you. You're a professional <laughs> podcaster. And I all. know, right? A good place to get some of these beautiful uh, pens that will be perfect to have this work done is from Pen Chalet because they have all of your favorite brands, Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sela, Caveco, and they have rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils from all of them. They have fast and reliable customer service. They're always adding new styles of pens every single month. They have great discounts all the time, closeout specials every two weeks, discounts twice a month. And with all of the brands as well that I mentioned, Pen Chalet also sells limited edition pens from them and also pen accessories carrying cases holders refills fountain pen converters and so much more they sell internationally with reasonable shipping rates and if you order in the united states they do free shipping on orders of over 50 dollars i mean and who's not going to spend more than 50 dollars at pen chalet come on let's be serious pen chalet has low prices on high quality pens and they offer a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee whenever you go there you should just fill up your cart because you're going to get 10 percent off anything at pen chalet if you click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password PENADDICT. That will tell you what your 10% coupon is for this week and also give you access to our special offer. We have the Lamy Tipo pens in aluminium black. They're 35% off plus the extra 10% off you get with the coupon brings them down to $9.36. So you can find out more about that on the PENADDICT page over at penchley.com. You just hit that podcast link at the top of the site and enter the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer. Thank you so much to Penchley for sponsoring Relay FM and the PENADDICT. So let me talk about this Tipo real quick. This is yeah, actually right? one of my favorite weirdo Lamy pens. I love this pen. Not everyone does. It has a little bit of a slick grip. The ridges are plastic, so it's a little bit slick. And then the, uh, the knock is just the clip, and it's a little bit awkward the way it pokes out. I happen to love it. It's just a cool feeling uh, plastic barrel. Um, and it fits the Pilot G2 refills, which means it fits the Pilot Juice refill, which means I have my Tipo on my desk at all times with a Pilot Juice Blue Black 0.38 millimeter refill. I love this pen. It, it, it's just really cool. And then I, I scrolled down his offers, Mike. He snuck, uh-huh. he snuck something in here that's pretty crazy. It's the very last item on the list, and it's the Pelican Special Edition Suverin M800 Burnt Orange Fountain Pen. This is a 
killer pen and it's $570. The retail is $845. Um, street price is usually like around $700-ish, I think, at other sites. For $570, that's a huge break on a pen that is was very, very popular. Um, at, they launched that in 2015 and it's a limited edition, so when it's gone, it's gone. Um, that's tempting, not gonna lie. <laughs> that's a that's a good deal on that pen uh, yeah not gonna no lie so yeah so take a look at that um you know that's uh the opposite ends of the spectrum between the tipo and the burnt orange but wow that's crazy that's uh that's that's a good deal um yeah so you can you can tell the pause and in, in my <laughs> yeah and, i can hear those i'm really thinking about it, it. Yeah, that's a good price on that for a really, really great pen. Cool. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet. All right. Let's not spend my money on during the show. We'll wait till after. All right. So last week, um, so we recorded early for last week's episode, but I don't know what if you got anything that I didn't get, but I got more feedback on last week's episode than I've gotten on a show in a long time. I don't know if you noticed that by chance, did you? I, I didn't see much more than usual. I think maybe a lot of it came came direct to you. Yeah, I think it most and most of it does. Uh, anyway, so I was just curious if you had anything. Everyone um, really appreciated the honest conversation around the burnout topic, and uh, even Ed, uh, who we spoke about on the thing on the show, because we were kind of referencing you know some of the tweets he had to me, and you know he wanted to talk about that topic. He's like, he, you know, he thought the show went well and he's like, y'all want me to come on and talk about it? And I was like, you know, we have gotten so much feedback on that episode. And I actually went and re-listened to, to it this morning um, and I, I felt pretty good about it myself. So I am trying to get Ed on next week. It's not signed, sealed and delivered yet, but uh, we'll do that. So any more questions you guys have on the topics we discussed last week about uh blogging and you know doing this as a business and burning out and you know responsibilities and things like that let us know and uh i'll, I'll send out a, a tweet once we finalize it to make sure that ed can uh, arrange a schedule to come on but we'll uh we'll talk about that everyone yeah. really really appreciated that topic i got more wonderful emails about that specific topic than i have in a long long time yeah, I'm not surprised. It, you know, whenever we uh, cut to the bone, as it were, pe- some people tend to enjoy that. And you know, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, uh, I think people care about us. Uh, mm-hmm. People care about you, especially, I'm sure. And uh, mm-hmm. they want to, you know, if you if you kind of talk about something raw like that, it connects with people. Yep. Yep. So on the opposite end of that spectrum, oh yeah, we got a ton of feedback on the on the Ackerman. Um, conversation we had from one of our emailers about us butchering the names so ralph did two awesome things number one he recorded a video on youtube with all the pronunciations and separately from that mike he created an individual file for each name (laughs) shared those in dropbox if someone wants to build a soundboard so every name of the 30 ackerman inks or 31 has its own sound file so if anyone feels frisky and wants to make a soundboard we have all the files and thank you ralph that was freaking amazing yeah how cool is that i watched the video today Uh uh-huh it doesn't matter how many times i watch this video (laughs) there are names in here i will never be able to say (laughs) and my favorite thing is when every now and then they just throw an english one in there yeah, like right. Chinatown Red. It's like a minute ago you're talking like making these sounds like sounds that I can't make, and then it's like oh Chinatown Red. Like what? What are you doing? <laughs> so not only that, not only did Ralph come through in a big way, um, uh, Gerard, who is also in Holland, he made another video of the Ackermall inks of all the pronunciation. Actually, the sound quality is a little bit better in his. And then he also has Jay Herbal and Orochizuku videos that he linked to me as well, where he's pronounced all of this stuff. Wow. So how cool is that? Our listeners are amazing. I know. These are these are fantastic. So thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Gerard, uh, for doing this. This is so cool. I, I'm just fascinated by doing this. And I listen to these things, and I'm like you. Um, it's funny. And I even got another email 
um, about the shocking blue name, how it just seemed to be just a regular name. And uh, the gentleman, I don't have it pulled up right now, so I apologize, I'm missing your name. But uh, he said that was related to an actual uh, band uh, from that region was, huh. was how that name came about. So I'd, I'd like to look into that uh, a little bit more because I think that's pretty funny. All right, well, they're all in the show notes in case, in case people want them. Yeah, so we'll have uh, all these links. You should go listen to these videos and brush up on your pronunciation skills. And uh, I will do that, and I will still butcher them. So, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll work on it. You know, maybe I can maybe I can perfect like the inks that I own. That should be my goal. You know, I can't do them all, but the ones I talk about all the time, like twenty eight and eight, um, um, well, I, I should work on those. Twenty eight was one of the hardest, though. Yes, twenty eight is one of the hardest. All right. What I'm gonna do here, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up so I can hear it. It won't come through in the uh, in the audio of the show because it's uh-huh. just in my headphones here. I want to see if okay. I can bring up number twenty eight and see right. what I can do based on the pronunciation from Ralph. All right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So where are we? Okay. So I'm just gonna listen to this now. See what see what I'm able to to put up. Oh my god! I can't. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. <laughs> Try one more time. Hang on. This is like live Rosetta Stone. This is tough, man. Okay. Just close what? your eyes. All be right. the ball. Hufquatia Grun. That is wow. my attempt. That is my attempt there. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Hufquatia Grun. So now you 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 now own. Acromel pronunciations on the show. Good job. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, you've got some big news this week. Now, I had an idea that this was on the way. We've spoken about this recently because mm-hmm. you've been doing something secretly in the back that you didn't tell anybody about. Um, a selection of knock products are now made to order. Yes. So, all of our primary goods, all of our primary cases, which we consider the Sinclair, Brasstown, Lookout, and Hightower. That's what we sell the most. That's what's the most popular. That's what everyone wants the most of. We've had well-known stock issues, keeping colors in stock, keeping products in stock. Um, Jeff and I started working on this a couple of months ago, knowing that something had to change. We can't keep making 30 red and navy Sinclairs putting them on the site at 12 o'clock noon on Friday and having people not be available to purchase the case and they're gone in an hour and people get ticked off. Understandably so. We had to stop that. We had to get in a place where either we have so much inventory that it's not an issue or we need to manufacture things differently. Our workflow has to be different. Yep. So... We don't, we're not in a position to have all kinds of inventory, so we chose the second path. Well, that involved a lot of things. Number one, and most importantly, could we actually accomplish this? Could we take an order when it came in, produce the case, and have it shipped out in a reasonable time frame? We were very, very unsure about that. We ran our own internal tests for about two weeks running pretend orders, timings, quantities, different things, different shop setups, different sewing machine setups. And by the end of that two weeks, we're like, Oh, this is better than I thought. I think we can actually do this. I think we can actually get hit the numbers that we need to be able to produce cases because our argument and our theory in the past was it's easier to make 30 cases than it is, or it's just as easy to make 30 cases as it is to make five. Right. But you get kind of pigeonholed into those 30 cases where that's the only thing you make. Well, maybe we can make five of five different kinds. And that's kind of more what people wanted. They wanted to, well, if I only had red navy that day, well, what if people wanted midnight foliage? Well, I can't tell them when they can order that now because I don't know when it's going to hit, you know, hit the line, hit the inventory. So we tested it. We made these decisions. Um, So once we realized we could do that, we started secretly rolling in the inventory numbers into the site. So we started with the Sinclair about a month ago. 
and we just put inventory. We just raised what's available on the site so they wouldn't show us sold out and just let people order them as they stumbled across them. We didn't announce it, didn't do anything. And so we did that for about two weeks. And every day we were able to produce all the orders that came in and have them shipped that same day or no later than the next morning. So we're very happy about that. So as we did this, well, we can't just do it for one case. We have to do it for all of them. So the lookout was mixed in there about two weeks later. And so we had the Sinclair and the lookout with unlimited inventory. We could still keep up. The real stretch was adding the brass town. We were nervous at that point. So now we're going to have three cases that would just be available to order. We would have to make them that day. Our, our goal was to get them that morning, the previous day's orders, and have them shipped by that afternoon. And we turned on the brass town and didn't tell anybody again because we yep. couldn't. We didn't want to flood ourselves. We needed to see if we could accomplish it. And we did. Like, we've never gotten anything past, like, the next day. So we felt comfortable enough about a week ago knowing that, okay, we're going to roll this out to everyone this week. Let everyone know that essentially the cases are always in stock and we're making them as they order. There's a That means that the order comes in on a Monday. Tuesday morning, we start building that case. Our goal would be to ship it by Tuesday afternoon. That won't always happen, but I think it's reasonable to have, you know, two to three days, depending on the quantities. You know, some days are, you know, 10 cases. Some days are 40 cases. You just never know. So if your case gets pushed back two days, no big deal. You still know you're getting the case. Whereas before, people didn't know they were getting the case. They didn't know when they could get the case. They didn't know if they would have to be at their computer at a certain time when we launched it. It's just a much better system for our customers. And we're able to handle the capacity of it. So we're super happy to be able to finally kind of put this out there and let people know they can get the cases that they want. So that comes with one caveat, at least right now. I might think of another one as I'm talking. We're limiting the colors that you can order as we ramp this up. So we just have three colors in the Hightower, Lookout, and Brasstown, and four colors in the Sinclair that we're making right now. But as we do this, you know, it's allowing us to allow people to order our goods, which is kind of important. Um, so, so that's the biggest news. The side news from this is that... You're going to make the briefcase. We are going to make the briefcase, and that goes in with what I'm about to say. Oh, we we may have actually found legitimate help outside our door oh. to make high quality American made goods at a price we can afford, and most importantly, at the quality expect. Oh we expect. wow! I was we're, kidding around. Nope, we're on the last phase of approvals, and Jeff and I are giddy at the prospects. Because that will allow us to be way more flexible in colors. It'll allow us to launch products quicker. It'll allow us to have the quantities to go to retail. And it will be an amazing looking product like you expect from us right now. Like we can't, you can't tell any difference at all. And Jeff and I are just like, we're basically having a holy crap. This is what we've been working for a moment. Huh. Um here in the past month. It's not done yet. So I'm I'm putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but yep. I feel comp it's far enough along that I feel pretty confident that something's gonna get done. It's a pretty big deal for Knock as a company to be able to do this because it's going to basically blow the roof off our expansion in a way that we can handle. And that's what we have to have. Because so. this will be a way for you to make more product without making more Jeffs. Right, right. Huh. I definitely don't have enough Jeffs. That is amazing so. news. I'm really happy. But I yep. want to go back because I, I was I was being kind of silly. I didn't know that that was going to mm -hmm. come from around the corner. But I still have more questions for you on the uh, made-to-order stuff. All right, I'm done rambling, so you fire away. One, congratulations. Thank uh, you. So the other is, and so this is something that, I mean, I when you originally told me this, I struggled with it a little bit. So I expect maybe some of our listeners might not get this either. So... 
how are you able to make and sell enough cases now when you couldn't do that before? So, like, whenever you made cases and put them up on the site, they sold mm-hmm. out immediately, and then there were a bunch of right. people that couldn't buy So you, because you weren't able to make enough cases to fulfill that demand. How right. now are you able to do that if, if you're just taking every single order that comes through? That's a very good question, and it's one I, I, I still struggle with answering, but I think... It was more a case of, so let's see, how how do I put this? In the past, we had four four employees, me, Jeff, and then the two girls that sewed for us. And they sewed, you know, like 20 to 30 hours a week each. When they were working, there was not necessarily enough work for... Jeff to get in there and me to get in there with the amount of machinery we had to do things in conjunction that were moving products forward. So we let them go. We ended up letting uh, Alice and Shanika go, which killed us like physically, mentally, like it broke us pretty hard. Uh, We were pretty upset about that for a pretty long time, but we understood as a business that we couldn't continue to operate like that. We weren't making enough product. When we put Jeff, gave Jeff access to all the machines at all times, he was making essentially, and this is not an exaggeration, he could outperform two other people at a rate, two other people combined at a rate between five and 10 to one if he had the freedom to do what he needed to do at the time he needed to do it. And then you mix in me picking up the side stuff, which the side monotony stuff, cleaning cases, trimming cases, bar tacking, flipping cases inside out to where he can just run sewing machines. It was the efficiency went through the roof and it was really, really freaking weird. And I think it was just having... Jeff having complete freedom to not have to stop every 10 or 15 minutes to either answer questions, help with design pattern, fix a machine. He's so talented. He runs circles around people sitting in front of a sewing machine. So now that he has free reign, he's able to handle that. It's really strange. Um, and it is hard to explain. It doesn't make sense. But the way we're set up, we don't have twenty machine a twenty machine workflow to where I can put six people on those twenty machines and work through. Right. Right. We have five that we use, and when you get three to four people, there's road. They're stopping constantly. Yep. We cleared that out. Jeff has a clear path for a single case. And the pace that he can produce that is able to keep up with what we're doing now with made to order. And, you know, I've committed to being there instead of two days a week. I'm there three days a week doing more stuff. Jeff's there all the time now. You know, he's had, you know, he had his two kids and his wife and, you know, just had a baby recently. So there's been some times where both me and him, you know, aren't there. Um, But right now, this is really working for us. But... For us to survive, we have to do that, plus we have to have an outside manufacturer. And that's where we're at right now. So So everything's really, really going. Yeah. All right. So if I'm following correctly, um, in conjunction with the made-to-order, you've also changed the way that things are being produced. Mm -hmm. Because Jeff can produce at a faster rate, you're able to kind of take a day's orders and then make them the next day and ship them Mm -hmm. out. As, a, yeah. as opposed to like making 30 or 40 and then there's like a backlog and they all hit at once in one week because mm-hmm. there's a backlog of people as opposed to spreading that production out and actually making the cases people are looking for. Right. As opposed to just putting them up and then 30 out of the 100 people can only order on one day. Because right. Because he spent time making them, like making configurations that maybe not necessarily everybody wanted. Right. Okay. I think I, I think I'm kind of following. It is weird, right? There is just some weird mm-hmm. economics in there somewhere, right? That somebody yeah. much smarter than maybe all of us can like understand it immediately. Yeah. But to me and you, it's it's a confusing thing. 
Yeah, I mean, in the end, it, it's straightforward. It's just efficiency. Like, our sure. efficiency improved with less people. Okay. So, you may have been able to do this anyway, but you just didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. But to have, like, the real growth we want, we, we don't want a 20-person sewing shop. You know, we want to, you know, make our, make stuff, me and Jeff, and then have a partner that can make huge, huge quantities that we could never, you know, afford enough people or machinery or rent to make, you know? So that's kind of the twofold, the twofold plan that we're working with. Okay. Well, this is cool, man. seems like things are really kicking off in a way that I don't think we expected right now. So you alluded to the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, it was a, a complete trolling moment, but it seems maybe I was wrong. No, that's that's the biggest questions are like, okay, when can we get new colors? And then when can we get uh, new products like the briefcase and the folio that you've been teasing? The folio is on hold. It's not on indefinite hold. We want to make that case. It's a very difficult case to make. Just Jeff and I cannot make that and do this made to order. So we have to make decisions you know, around that. And, and that's fine. You know, we're totally happy with that. Um, the briefcase is something we do think we can make. Um, and we actually would prefer to make it because it's a little bit of an outlier for our product line. It's something really different as opposed to the folio, which is a little bit different. Um, and we're working on the final prototype this week, if we can get it in. Um, and then we'll see. You know, that's going to come to market sooner than the folio is. So I, I can tell you that. So I basically spent the whole week last week telling people in San Francisco how awesome your bags are going to be. Just so yeah. you know, right? Like I'm priming the pump already. Good. Good. That it, And you know what? It's going to be kind of a crossover product, you know, where a lot of technical people, you know, that are into like the digital stuff, it's going to be able to fit their style, um, you know, as well and be able to carry a few extra things. So yep. it's, it's a really mega. It's a killer setup. I, I'm really, really happy with it. So, yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to all of this, man. So we've got more knock news in the pipe. More knock news in the pipe. So that's our hugest, huge announcement. And then we probably will have, hopefully, maybe in two more months, maybe a month, have another announcement. And I don't know if it'll be briefcase or I don't know if it'll be retail or new colors, whatever. We I don't have the clarity on that yet. But nice. um, we've never been as excited about the business as we are right now. Oh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations to both of you. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A uh, bit of real-time follow-up. Chuck has created a sound, an Ackerman soundboard already. Already? Already, already and I put it in the show notes. <laughs> Christ, that's amazing. <laughs> so you give that guy five minutes and he can do horrible things. I know? know, right? That's you why really I love him. You mess it up. That's why I love him. That was his. Uh, that was his loner Jeep that I took. The uh, I, I call it loner. He hates when I do that. Um, his uh, his his toy Jeep that I took the the first briefcase photo in front of. So, huh. Chuck's my man. All right. So when I was away last week in San Francisco, the new field notes got released. Uh, I immediately made a purchase for two more because new format means must buy more because you never know. Uh, I think that mine were attempted to be delivered yesterday, but oh. I had a jet lag issue yesterday, <laughs> is what I will call it. Uh, I woke up yesterday uh, 15 minutes before I was supposed to record Remaster, which was 12.45 p.m. Dang. Um, I was awoken to the sound of Adina uh, using Find My iPad to play <laughs> a noise on her iPad because nothing was waking me up. Uh, I had many missed calls, many text messages. I found out yesterday evening that my phone was like a one-third volume, which definitely didn't help the situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that was my day yesterday, and I had a... We attempted to make a delivery note for a parcel, uh-huh. and I think one of the only things that I'm expecting would arrive that maybe wouldn't fit through the mailbox would be these, unless they're just a little bit slow in the in the post. I don't know whether they're coming in a box or an envelope, right? They come in a box, so right, yeah. so that's why I'm having some issues getting these. So I reckon mine will actually be here tomorrow, which super sucks, but uh, I've read all the stuff, I've taken a look at it, I've taken a look at pictures, but I'm sure you have them, so I want to know... I, I want to know what you think about it, but let's talk about the announcement and the way that this has been presented, and then we can talk about your thoughts on the edition. Okay. 
because this is another collaboration from Field Notes. And I need you to give me a bit of backstory here because <laughs> I don't really know much. Uh, I don't really know much about John Dickerson. Yeah, and honestly, I don't either. I I could pick his face out of a lineup. Like, you know, he's been around for a long time in the political news spectrum. Um, I don't watch his show, CBS Face the Nation, but I absolutely recognize him. I would never have been able to told you tell you his name. He's a, um, but he's a, he's not, I wouldn't say he's like a top tier reporter. He's not like one of like the, you know how like all countries have like their star reporters from all the networks. He's probably like a, you know, a tier two or three reporter. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's more. I absolutely recognize his face, but he's been around a long time. He's very well respected. Um, and he's always been a Field Notes fan. Um, he likes his, his analog uh, stationery. You know, being a reporter and being a journalist, you know, that happens, you know, kind of naturally. You know, you're, you start off, you know, well, I need to jot these notes down when I'm interviewing someone. And, you know, if I don't have an electronic device, which, you know, he's old enough to start out when he's probably didn't have recorders and things like that to, to start. So the notebooks are very important to him. So he found field notes and watching the video, which is really, really cool. I, I all their videos are great, but this is just a, a simple interview with John at his desk. He was a fan of the pocket notebooks, the field notes, pocket notebooks, and then found the steno notebooks to use at his desk. And he enjoyed them so much. He got in touch with field notes and wanted a reporter's, uh, a traditional reporter's notebook. And they chose to work with him uh, to design this. So we'll talk about that design in a second, but, the video talks about his story and, and how this came about. I'm getting all this from the video. His desk is really cool. It's what you expect a journalist's desk to look like. Did you get a chance to watch the video? Yeah, it's just stacked with newspapers. Stacked with paper, newspapers, crap stuck on the walls, stuff everywhere. Yeah, it has which a typewriter there for some reason. Yep, yep. That's just, you know, well, I have a stack of pins there for, that I don't use for some reason. It's it's cool. It gives your desk a good vibe, a good place to work. Um, you can see the Field Notes steno book on his desk that he's he's um, using as, as his desk thing. And, you know, he just talks about the importance of n- notebooks and pen and paper and how the, the goal in this reporter style notebook that he wanted is to get away from the digital stuff, to get his face out of a screen and the notebook and the pen or pencil that you're using, they have one job, right? That's the thing that they do. They have one thing that they do. They take your notes, the stuff you need to remember. And I thought it was just a, it was just a really cool video. I got introduced more to John Dickerson. I'm actually really enjoyed listening to him talk. So that was cool. Um, so my thoughts when this hit, I, so when the email came, I was sitting at knock, and, and Jeff was looking at me because I was looking at my phone and not making any sound, and I just had this quizzical look on my face. I'm like, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I'm trying to, it wasn't like an immediate, I know exactly what this is. So I had this look on this face of, I need to educate myself and discover and think about what this actually is yeah because it's so different looking than anything they've ever made i mean it's also different looking to any reporter's notebook that i've ever seen it's super long looking yeah right yeah it's very different um it's and i don't have the dimensions in front of me we can pull them up but it's it's got to be a good it's three and three quarters by eight inch yeah okay so it's long and skinny which is good. I, I like this format. Um, obviously, I make the the Notco notebooks, the three and a half by five and a half, um, you know, with the top stitch to get that kind of look. That's a, a thing I enjoy. So, of course, I enjoy something like this. It's just bigger. It's more blown up. Um, it, I was super confused. I was like, do I like this? Do I hate this? Do I love this? Am I ecstatic on this? And it fell somewhere in the, in the end. The more I looked at it, I was a little concerned at first. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, I think I really like this edition and I can't wait to like get it so I can really see what it's all about. But the level of detail that they continue to produce is astronomical. It's so well done. Um, so talking about it, the cover stock is this dark gray cover. I have it here in my hand. If you hear me flapping around stuff, I have to hold it yep. while I talk about it. Um, it's got a dark gray, dark gray cover, 70 pages. It's a 70-pound vellum uh, paper, which is really nice. It's smooth. It's kind of ivory-colored. What's the difference work- there? Like, explain that to me. 
What's the yeah. plus vellum? I, it, it just feels like normal paper. If it didn't say vellum, you'd think, oh, it's regular paper. But it's just the way the I, I think it's a fiber difference, and okay. I would have to look it up and, right. and see. The shape and size are really, really good. The binding is it's a dual ring spiral binding, and then the cover flaps over the top of that binding, which I don't know if, if you haven't seen these, you'll have to go look at a picture if you don't understand what I'm saying. In design, Design-wise, that design is beautiful and it functions well, but that's my one nitpick is I actually don't like it in use right? because it extends the when the flap top flap is flat back around and it's open, it extends like an inch past the bottom of the paper. Yeah, yeah, because it's got to go over the top. So the extra is just being pushed at the bottom, right? So when you're it's in your hand, that extra is at the bottom. When it's on your desk, that extra lifts the pad in the air where the scoring is for it to fold over properly. So your pad actually bounces when you write at the top of it towards the spiral. There's a lift in there. Um, I'm sure you could break it completely in to lay flat. I just haven't gotten to that point yet. But then you're still left with an inch or so at the bottom of the pad which is not useful and just serves to get in the way. I would have preferred just a straight up spiral binding like the steno pad with the front cover not scored to flip around over the top. It, fr- from a design, like a, a looking at the design perspective, it's killer looking and it's really, really well done. I don't think it's the most functional thing. That's a small nitpick, right? I mean, it's it's really, really... It's so well done. I, I overlooked that, but I noticed immediately when I started writing on the first page, I flipped the cover around the back. I'm bouncing the notebook as I write, right when I start using it. Yep, yep. Which is which is an annoyance. It, it'll eventually get broken down and lay flat. But like I said, even when it does, you still have the extra at the bottom. That said, the paper's excellent. Um, it it I threw my inkiest fountain pens at it. It did not feather at all. There's a tiny bit of ghosting on the back where you can see through but there's really no bleed through it handles fountain pens exceptionally well um i think this is a great addition you know it's certainly set people off in both directions like the arts and sciences did when you come with such a different shape from what everyone's used to oh it doesn't fit my leather holder oh it doesn't fit in my archival box oh this is not a shape that works on my desk well, I mean, I give them credit for doing something different as opposed to... I love it when they break the format. Yeah, so I think... Um, Maybe that tooth. makes me a non-purist, right? Like if such a thing was to exist. I would much rather them break format like this than to do something like Sweet Tooth, which I, I think is just an abject horror. I think that I don't agree might- with that. I think that might be the worst edition they've ever done. It's it's um, bad on its in in a, if you're thinking of it as a I like to take notes with my field notes, but as isn't a isn't that kind pro- of the point? Well, no, but it not really. I don't think because it's just a different it's just a different notebook. I mean, mm-hmm. if you run out, if you run right. out of field notes that you can take notes in, I bet you haven't. But now you have <laughs> no. something you can do other stuff with, right? That's the way I look at it, right? I really cannot yeah, imagine that anybody that has a color subscription runs out of notebooks so like every now and then if they throw something in different that you could maybe use in a different way i'm all for that in the same way i can see why you don't like sweet tooth but Mm -hmm. i don't think that they shouldn't have done it right because it's like here's a thing that some people might like not everyone's gonna like every edition i mean i can't ever see myself like really using sweet tooth but i have a different type of notebook to do a different type of thing if i need it and i'm cool with it right the issue is that brings up the kind of the way I'm thinking about it as is they redid a very traditional notebook in the field notes way with the byline edition. Sweet Tooth was a stock edition with colored paper that I just can't use. All right, sure. I mean, like maybe if you pulled them, like let's imagine that they made the Sweet Tooth, but it was like glued at the top. You might be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, you've done something different as opposed to just... I see what you're saying, right? Like, just taking yeah. the original field notes and putting a perforation on the side. I right. can see why some people might not like that. Maybe they could have pushed it in mm-hmm. a different way, but I'd say I like them. 
Uh, yeah. And I'm excited about Byline. I bought more of them. I don't think I'll ever really use them, but I bought more of them because in the same way that I bought more arts and sciences, like I yeah. found a use for arts and sciences, which meant I wanted them forever always, right? Mm, and right. I feel like these Byline ones are kind of cool because I use spiral bound not co-pads right now for a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And I'm wondering maybe these will find a, a use for me as well. Plus, I do think... They're kind of beautiful in their own way, right? Like, oh, for sure. those are stunning looking. And, and also stickers, Woo! man. That sticker, they're gonna get. They're gonna have to produce this sticker on its own. They're just it's gonna big. have to. It's a big sticker, so like, I don't know how it's gonna fit on my little iPad, but I'll make it fit, baby. Because it's yeah, it, they're gonna have to stock start carrying this sticker to different colors, whatever. So it's not the one that they did with the color subscription. It's yeah. that good. It's killer. It's it's the sticker to end all stickers. I love it. Big fan of the sticker. You know, I so, love them stickers. And plus, yeah. it's a clear sticker, so I can stick it over other stickers. So we're yeah. all good, man. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to getting these. I hope that they come quick. Yeah. Um, I think it's super cool. I mean, so, as I say, look, I am on record for them doing weird stuff, right? And 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 doing fun stuff with that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I love this edition. I mean, it's not going to be like an all-timer for me. I'm probably not going to buy extras. I just don't do lined paper that much. I've always been good at ignoring the lines. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, a lot of people can't. And for some reason, I love graph, you know, and <laughs> for some reason, I find that calming. I find lines distracting. Um, but just as a issue within... Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you don't like lined, but yet you like lines in all directions. I think a lot of people will say that that's it's a freeing thing. It's mm. it's it's closer to a blank than a lined page when you start getting graphs and dots. <laughs> you know it's completely freeing. Huh. Plain. <laughs> I know that's the worst. <laughs> no, actually, I think lines is worse. Lines. My, is, my favorite is is, my, is uh, my favorite favorite of any paper layout ever is the reticle grid in Night Sky, which continues yeah. to just push Night Sky to my top spot because yeah. it is like the minimum grid. Yeah. Right. It's like, here's just some corners. Yep. That's my favorite. Yep. So, really good addition. Really happy with the byline. I, I'm talking with Brian and Jim in their offices when Anna and I went there. They were so freaking excited about this edition. I mean, they didn't tell us a darn thing, but they were like, oh my God, we're like, this is the one. Like, so I know they were super pumped about it and uh, I think it's going to do real well for them. And, you know, so I guess the next question is, is, does this turn into, uh, does this turn into stock? So we'll see. Arts and sciences never did. I was going to say, if they turn this into stock before arts and sciences, they're going to get a a letter from me, man. (laughs) Right. Because, yeah, I want that. I want that big old chunky one. Even if they just make it in craft, I don't care. I just love that format. I mean, I have enough arts and sciences now to sink a ship. (laughs) Um, but like i think that that is a a format which they should really like invest more thought into because that that big format is great and i know they have the steno but i really like the double page you know that you can get Mm -hmm. with the arts and sciences so two two last things on this edition one one um design thing that i didn't mention the pocket in the back is perfect love it huge fan of the uh the pocket in the back size of the notebook a nice touch the second is a question. Maybe the chat room can answer it for me right now, um, but I couldn't find the answer online, but maybe I didn't dig hard enough. On the back side of this notebook, it's a, it has a, the number 30 uh, in between a line um, in there. This is edition number 31. Um, the only other thing I can find is Field Notes is in Suite 30. I don't know why there's a 30 imprinted on the back of these notebooks. If it, And they also signed off the post on the product page for the byline is signed off in a 30 does that mean something that i'm not aware of um you know right when they at the the very last thing when they're doing their writing when they they say we yelled stop the presses that was very satisfying then they go 30 det in the in the chat room 30 Uh is traditional in the news business to mark the end of a story Okay, I figured it had to be something related to I that. Love I love how, like, immediately someone nails it. Like, yeah. as Cindy says, D-E-T, drop in knowledge. Dropping yeah. some knowledge bombs all over us. That's why I wanted to ask that, because I figured the chat room would get it. So, And also, there are many theories as to why 30 is used at the end of the story, yeah. but there is no one answer. So it's just a code that everyone knows to use, and that what, that's what it means. So that's, like, the end. That's, the, that's, that's cool. I like it. And it's on the it's on the back cover of the book, so you know you're you're done when you flip it over. Great, love it. 
This is one of those things that now I know that I'm going to start spotting that in places, you know, like <laughs> references to it and stuff. You like you learn something and you're like, oh, that's what that means now. Here's a song lyric that I didn't understand before. I mean, what a shame that this wasn't the 30th edition then, really. I know. And I didn't see that until I got in here to start recording the podcast. I flipped it over and I was like, well, there are 30 on the back. Then I went and looked. I was like, this is an issue 30. Last one was issue 30. So, yeah. Thank you, Det. Awesome. All right, so I think that wraps up this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. As always, if you want to find our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 210. There's some good stuff in there this time, so go check it out. If you want to find Brad online, he's over at penaddict.com and knock.co. Here's a question for you. Maybe this will mm-hmm. change over time. Mm-hmm. What is your primary destination now? Still penaddict? Yeah, I, I think it's penaddict.com. I, I think I, that might change over time. Maybe I built that landing page, you know, the personal landing page, but I don't, I don't really think that's like my home on the web. No. I still think it's Pen Addict. That's like just a, for people just typing your name into a, into a Google search, right? Like that's what so that like, exists. Yeah. So like, what else would it be? I mean, if it's not Pen Addict, what else would it be? That's where Knox linked. That's where the podcast is linked. Well, yeah, um, I just want my if, social stuff's linked. If there's going to be a time in your life where Knock is your main place. Yeah, maybe so. Sorry, I'm playing with the soundboard now. <laughs> I, I know you are. Uh, you know what? In all honesty, I hope that becomes because that actually, means that like you're making some serious dollar. Actually, I've thought about that, and that would be good. That that's exactly right. So, I, I have thought about that. Okay, what is my primary home? And I would I would like it to be knock. That would be my goal. Yeah, because as as amazing as Pen Addict is and has been and will always be something you put stuff to, mm-hmm. knock has so much more potential to take the world by storm because you've already done that with a pen addict right like Mm -hmm. the pen addict has done it's gone to the maximum like the site is so big now like it dominates google searches this traffic is so large like it's at its max Mm-hmm. And there are ways, and we've been over this time and time again, me and you, <laughs> privately, that you can make more money with the pen addict, but for some reason you feel like you don't want to do it. I don't know what's wrong with you. Which, by the way, go become a member. Like, if you, if for some reason you haven't become a member of pen addict, you need to go and do that. What is that? Penaddict.com slash membership? Members. Members? I always do mm-hmm. that wrong. I'm sorry. Penaddict.com slash members. Go sign up because you get the very best newsletter produced on the internet sent to your inbox every saturday or sunday saturday morning well saturday morning my time but yeah saturdays every saturday you get the best newsletter in the world delivered to you you also get a heads up on a bunch of stuff you get good discounts on the shop items i recommend all of them because they're all fantastic including something super special you've got coming up which is right in my wheelhouse which i can't wait that's gonna be uh uh a uh, new image in the in the newsletter this week for that one. Oh boy, you better keep one of those aside for me, man. You ain't, <laughs> you ain't letting them sell out until I get one. So keep your eye out for all of that. Go sign up, be a member. But yeah, I mean, you know, Pen Addict is a institution, always will be, as will the podcast. But mm-hmm. I hope one day that that you and Jeff consider Knock to be like the biggest thing in the world because it deserves to be. Well, thank you. So go and check out Knock.co and buy one of those. Uh, built to order cases yes sir and uh if you want to find me online i'm at i mike i m y k e i hope to be back next week without all of this stuff in my you face. actually you actually sounded better the longer we went which is a surprise warming up man yeah warming up uh so that's it for this week thanks so much to pen chalet for the continued and awesome support of this show if you have any pens that you're looking for go look to pen chalet first because you get the discount it also helps support this show which is fantastic. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the real diehard amongst you didn't who don't turn off when I start to do the intro got a nice little uh, secret conversation here. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Thanks so much. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>